This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Clemson did it to Miami again, winning comfortably 40 to 10. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia to uh, discuss this game. Uh, Gabby, I, I, you know, I think overall in the big picture of this game, uh, Clemson dominated it. You look at the yardage difference, 447 for Clemson, 98 for Miami. Um, Miami kind of made it a little interesting, uh, late third, early fourth due to some turnover. Uh, they got, they got some turnovers, but, uh, Clemson kind of put the game away in the fourth quarter. I guess just, uh, where do you want to start, Gabby? What uh, what stands out to you about this game? When when you think about this game three months from now, what are you going to remember this game for? <laughs> I'm just going to remember another another time that Clemson just got the better of Miami. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know what to really take away. I mean, I guess you could say you know Wesley Besaint played a an okay game, but overall, like big picture stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's just another situation where Miami gets punched in the mouth early and then they kind of started hanging their heads for for the rest of the half. Obviously, I think they looked like, you know, they they did look a little bit better there for for a period of the third quarter or of the second half. Um, But again, I mean, I think this just needs to be a team that when when that when, when adversity hits early into a game, how do you like you can't just you can't respond by kind of folding it in. Um, you know, I felt like the tackling kind of immediately went bad once things kind of started trending south. I don't really know what to take away from this game. Again, I'm not feeling great about it. I mean, you talk about a game where you had eight first half yards. I've never really heard of that before. Um, so, and then I feel like, you know, missed, missed opportunities, obviously with the Jakari touchdown and yeah. how that maybe you know, let's say in a perfect world where that is completed, how much that changes the game. But then again, my mind backtracks to Florida state. What if you get off the field? you know, with that, you know, quick three and out to start the game. Did that game go that way? I mean, I, I just, sure. a, a lot needs to change still. I feel like Miami's still behind the eight ball in a lot of ways. And I think that kind of showed itself today. 
Yeah, no doubt. And, and look, we can start with Jakari Brown in the offense. Um, you know, look, I think we've made it clear on this podcast. Jakari Brown should not be playing this year. He should be redshirting. That's just unfortunately not where we're at with the position right now. Um, but when we talk about Jakari, we got it. We if he is the starter, we got to talk about him as the starter. And he did not play well today, finishing six of thirteen for fifty-three yards with an interception. You mentioned his uh, his overthrow early in the game. I believe it was his first attempt, um, his first throw of the game. Uh, second and eight, Xavier Restrepo wide open. Uh, due to a coverage bust from Clemson. Um, but Jakari just couldn't lay it in there. If he did, it's a touchdown. Uh, Miami responds and ties the game up 7-7 at that time, but he didn't. Uh, then on his third attempt, uh, it was picked off. You know, it was one of those situations where Clemson did a good job of getting uh, kind of behind the line of scrimmage, tipping a pass up on a pass that was going behind the line of scrimmage and it fell easily to a Clemson defender. Um, and really, you know, it, it was after that, it was just kind of one of those games where he looked like a freshman. He looked like his head was spinning. We kind of mentioned um, going into the game, look, if he could just somehow find a way to have a similar type of game against Clemson that he had against Georgia Tech, it would be progress because he was going up two or three weight classes in terms of competition here with Clemson. Uh, and, and that was pretty obvious to see as that game progressed, that uh, Clemson's front seven dominated the game. Um, so, you know, look, I, I think there's a lot of factors going on with the offense. No doubt. Jakari didn't play well. No doubt you can criticize, I think, Josh Gaddis and maybe the approach. You know, was it maybe a little too conservative? I think that's a fair argument. On the flip side of that, I think we did see what happened, though. When Miami did try to open it up, it also opened them up to sacks and fumbles. You know, Clemson's pass rush could get after it, et cetera, et cetera. The offensive line got whipped. The run game was non-existent. Henry Parrish, four for 12. Jalen Knighton, eight for 10. Um, you know, look, it was just, it's it's a brutal game. Yeah. Um, you know, and to me, honestly, and Jake Garcia played in the fourth quarter. He went three of five for 15 yards. Had a touchdown, uh, thanks to a uh, good field position provided by a turnover. Uh, the defense was able to force um, but he also had a fumble late in the game as he's trying to bring Miami back. Uh, but really, to me, Gabby, the biggest reason why Miami's offense was putrid, again, I think it's everything, but Clemson, the talent of Clemson's front seven just simply overwhelmed Miami's offensive front the whole night. Seven tackles for loss, five sacks. Jeremiah Trotter just shut down the run game. Um, Trenton Simpson... I don't even know, like, how much did Trenton Simpson play? But but certainly he made yeah. some Impact impressive plays, plays when yeah. he was in the game. It was just a complete bloodbath uh, in the line of scrimmage, in the trenches. Uh, 
in terms of Clemson's defensive line against Miami's offensive line. And Clemson didn't even have their best defensive tackle available in the game with Brian Brzee being held out by strep throat. So, you know, I think all these reasons, Miami just, again, it's their third string quarterback. Their offensive line is extremely banged up. The run game is what it is. Um, And and really, Miami all day was kind of just living in third and long situations. They were zero for six on third and long, which means, you know, third and nine or longer. Their average third down distance on the in the whole game was 9.4 yards. So obviously, when that's the case and you're going against an uber talented team like Clemson, you're probably only going to score 10 points and generate 98 yards of offense. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, this, this Clemson front seven was everything that I think we kind of thought it was. I mean, you mentioned them not even having Brian Brzee. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter was awesome. I mean, KJ Henry was, was incredible. Miles Murphy, I feel like kind of manhandled John Campbell at times where it just looked like it was just two completely different levels of competition. Yeah. I mean, Miami's just nowhere close along the line of scrimmage. Uh, Again, if if this is a standard, you know, if it's if it's right. about if if it's about getting to where Clemson is, I think it became very yep. very obvious how far away Miami is. Because even I feel like even at times along the defensive line, especially in that first half, I thought the Clemson offensive line, which isn't necessarily elite by any stretch no. of the imagination, I feel like did a really good job of handling yep. Miami's defensive front. In which the is, first half, yes, yeah, in the first half. I mean, again, so I think on both sides of the ball, as you know, as you know, where we like the. Def- defensive line it's still not it's still a tier or two below where we even you know where you even want it to be like the baseline of where you want it to be in terms of being a high level competitor in college football Clemson is there especially on that front seven it was it was amazing they have some good young talent in the secondary as well I mean again I just think Miami was outclassed again you talked about Miami going up a couple weight classes I think that's exactly what it was here um and you know again they kind of just you know they got punched in the mouth I was again you can be kind of, I was kind of encouraged about, you know, what happened there in the third quarter where they battled and, you know, they did, there was a point in the game where they could have made it a one score game. They didn't, they, they got the ball back with an opportunity to make it a one score game. They didn't do much with that opportunity. Uh, then Clemson kind of got the ball back and that was all she wrote. So, um, you know, I, I, I admire uh, the, that second half and how they came back, but you, you can't wait that long into a game to show up and actually start playing like that. I mean, if you're going to show up in these big time environments kind of tight, uh, this is what's going to happen. You can't come in kind of shaking, being nervous about everything. They can't take you a half of football to settle into a football game. Um, they, that, that you can't, you just can't do that against programs like Clemson. So again, I think it showed early how far away Miami really is. And then of course, down the stretch that, you know, deep into that fourth quarter where Clemson's talent overall depth, everything about it just kind of outclassed Miami. Yeah, defensively, you know, you touched on it, but I think it's, I don't know. I guess you can kind of say in the second half, Miami was better because they got turnovers. Right. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll allow it. But overall, I don't even think defensively it was that much better compared to the first half. Um, you know, and look, I understand, like, the offense is putting the defense in tough positions. I agree. But I also think, too, like, I don't know. I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm wondering, is Kevin Steele getting too much of a pass? 
simply because, you know, Josh Gaddis is, is so atrocious. Uh, you know, look, no doubt Clemson 46 plays, uh, that they ran compared to Miami's 16 in the first half. That's tough on any defense, but the counterpoint to that Gabby is you have to get off the field eventually if you're the defense. So Clemson, you know, and and the glaring stat with this, like the reason why I don't understand why, you know, I don't know if Kevin seal is getting a pass from the fan base, but whatever. Uh, To me, the glaring stat in this game defensively is third down. Uh, Clemson was 14 of 19 on third down. And you can't blame the offense on that. You got to find a way to get off the field. Uh, So seven of 10 on third down in the first half, second half, when, you know, we think the defense played better, which it did, it forced turnovers and that's better. But in the second half, the third down, you know, offense for Clemson converted seven of nine opportunities. So they were more efficient on third down in the second half. So, you know, yards per play in the first half for Clemson, five yards per play in the second half for Clemson, 5.8. So again, Miami got the turnovers. That's good. They were definitely fighting harder in the second half than they were in the first half. I don't even know what that was in the first half defensively with the lethargic. That was wild. Deer and headlights look, um, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get too emotional here, but like at this point, I'm just kind of like, I'll ride with Cam Kitchens. I'll ride with Wesley Besaint. I'll ride with Akeem Mesador. I think Leonard Taylor showed up today. Yeah. You know, some other guys here and there, but like you can't, you can't play good defense with four or five players consistently putting out effort and execution. You know, James Williams, he, he finished second on the team today with nine tackles, but I don't know, man, in my opinion, James had a poor performance. It was just one of those. Yeah. You made the tackle, but you're 10 yards downfield type of game. So He's also just not physical. Like, man, can you just really tackle someone? Like You're the biggest guy out there. The yeah. Um, anyway, so defensively, I'm frustrated as well. Also, too, you know, how many how many games are we going to allow? You know, are we going to? Again, I don't know if we're giving a pass to Kevin Steele. I, I could just be creating a narrative here. Um, but this is the fourth game, Gabby in which Miami has allowed 40 points in a, you know, this season. Yeah. So, and look, Clemson's offense is fine. It ain't this good. No. Uh, you made TJ Uyunglele like that. I think the commentators are talking about like, oh, this was the best half of football we've seen from TJ Uyunglele like over the course of his career, yeah. like the most efficient half he's ever had. And I'll t- I mean, I, he did make some impressive throws and stuff like that. He has ability. I mean, he's yeah. inconsistent. Like, of he course, is what he like, is. Yeah, but like against my, but, you know, in this game, he obviously looked better than he has looked in, in the past, you know, like. Sure. I mean, he did have those turnovers, though. I mean, yeah, in the second half, the first half, they were talking. I mean, yeah. it seemed like he was he was as efficient as he's been at any point of his career at Clemson. I feel like Clemson's OC kind of whipped Kevin Steele. They had. So their top receiver, like they did a really nice job just spreading the ball around in the passing game. Their top receiver, well, in terms of receptions, was four. uh, And they 
they spread it, the ball around to 12 different receivers. So, you know, Clemson, def- like on both sides of the ball, Clemson dictated terms to Miami, um, which has been the story of this, right. I don't know, series. It's not a rivalry. It's a series. No, definitely not a rivalry. Since uh, 2017. I, I went back and looked, Gabby. So they've played now four times since, no, sorry, 2015. Um, you know, the Al Golden fire game. Yeah. Um, the average score between these two teams when they play since then, it was, uh, I think it, if I have it right, it's 45 to like eight. So this honestly, like this, like this is a lesser Clemson team than Miami has been playing, but it's also a lesser Miami team, if that yeah. makes sense. So the yeah, margin sure. is still kind of like the same that we've been seeing, except for that Al Golden got fired game. Um, so I guess the point is there's still a long ways to go in terms of a measuring stick. Um, last thing on the defense too. The reason why I am frustrated by the defense is I do feel like it's a group that is simply not playing up to its potential. Like the offense isn't playing good enough either. Like no doubt the offense is trash. Um, but you can kind of explain how, okay, they're, it's their third string quarterback. Their offensive line is really banged up. You know, you can make explanations for the offense, the defense. It's supposed to be the strength of the team. Um, and I don't think it's playing up to its potential. I think the group has better ability than we're seeing. Um, so yeah, anyways, another game, 40 plus points. Great job. But I'm sure we'll hear eh, whatever. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> not going to go into the Monday press conferences yeah. with Kevin Steele where, you know, anyways, we hear a lot of explanations. Um, let's get out of here on this. Just measuring stick wise. And you touched on this. Um, this is this is just further proof of how important it is to recruit and stack talent. Right. Right. And obviously. Miami is start. This is on the ground level right now for Miami. And we said this going into the game, Clemson, particularly in the front seven on defense is what Miami is aspiring to be in time. It's going to take time. Um, you know, they're starting three of their four starting defensive linemen. I believe were. I don't know where Tyler Davis ranked, honestly, I liked him a lot coming out of high school, but uh, Miles Murphy and KJ Henry, both five-star guys. Brian Brzee, if he had played today, five-star guy. Tyler Davis has been playing since he's a true freshman, extremely yeah. talented. But then you go, you look at their linebackers. He's still a like, top two, four, seven guy. Okay. Where did he rank? Uh, composite 137 overall, the number 12 okay. defensive tackle. Um. And then, you know, Trenton Simpson, I don't know how much he played, but he's a five-star. Barrett Carter is a top 50 guy, right? Yeah. Jeremiah Trotter, I don't know where he was ranked, but he was excellent today. Um, Trenton Simpson was really, was high, was like a five-star. Right. What about Trotter? Trotter was a fringe five-star, so 37th composite, 44 from us at 247. So look, anyways, individual rankings, in my opinion, are whatever. But in the big picture of like Clemson has, uh, you know, four or five, five stars 
in its starting front seven. Yeah. I mean, you just say that. It's obvious. It's yeah, it's not gonna go well. Um for a lot of teams. And that's what it takes to win, honestly. Um, you know, look, I'm frustrated by the schemes on both sides. I'm frustrated by the coaching at times on both sides. And this doesn't give the coaching a pass. I am not giving the coaching a pass. But at the end of the day, the players, the 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 talent needs to be upgraded. And so I guess I'll stop ranting at that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing else to really say. I feel like it's 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 about stacking talent. It's about recruiting. And I think this is, I, I, again, I think this is the important of even recruiting the defensive line, the front sevens. This is why you bring in three, four linebackers this cycle. You need to get it right. And you need to bring in yeah. a big level of defensive linemen. And yeah, you know, you could supplement with the transfer portal, but you also need to go land some top, some top end dudes. And that's why the Ruben Baines are so important. And the uh, Xavier McLeod, uh, you know, even like, you know, those types of guys, I mean, these are the types of dudes that are making plays. It's obvious. It shows. And when the talent differential is that wide, you see how dominant that these guys can be. So what Clemson does to Miami, you stack talent like that. And that's could be potentially down the road. Not now. Again, David said ground level right now, but down the road, the hope is that you build up a roster where you're doing that to others. So yeah, long way to go from here. I think uh, it was obvious how significant the talent uh, the talent gap was, especially, you know, in that front four against Miami's, you know, line that, I mean, I just thought just really struggled to handle everything, especially with how much pressure they were kind of sending. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get out of here, here on that. And uh, we got one more of these, Gabby. Um, Grinder. Yeah. Pittsburgh bowl eligibility on the line. I think Pittsburgh pulled out a uh, close game against Duke. They did. Um, so if we're doing transitive property, which I think <laughs> is a foolish exercise in college football, but it's what we all do, right? So definitely is. I'm guilty of it. Right. So, anyways, um, we will uh, we'll be better in the next podcast, I guess. It's just hard to continue watching this, as yeah, it's really as we all know. Anyways, uh, till next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.